um, come together. If you would just right now join with me, just going to pray over a few things that, um, that are really, I just feel like they're on my heart this morning. So, and we're just going to take that time. Lord, we just thank you today that we are covered by the blood of the lamb. We thank you today, Lord, that we're still able to be together, even online. Lord, it really could be that we would not be able to be together at all. And so we're grateful today, Lord, for all the online services that are going on around the world. And, Lord, we're asking you today for a greater authority, greater anointing, and greater unity of the body of Christ, Lord, as we all over the world are flooding the airways with the gospel. And, Lord, so we are asking you, Lord, that there would be greater unction of the Holy Spirit and authority, Lord, on everything that we're doing. And we're just saying flood the airways now, Lord, with, with the gospel that would go forth where people would hear, Lord, and receive you, Jesus, as their Messiah, receive Jesus as their salvation, Lord, receive you as their hope, God, Lord, all of our sins are canceled out, forgiven, and we're so thankful for that today, thank you, Lord, and Lord, I'm also asking you today, Lord, for the health of all those who are sick with coronavirus, Lord, we are asking you particularly, Lord, we are asking you that by the blood of Jesus, that these deaths would stop. Lord, that there would no longer be deaths happenings from the coronavirus. We ask you, Lord, that it would come to an end. Lord, we're saying in Jesus' name, we decree that your name is higher, it's better. Lord, there, Lord, we cancel out coronavirus by your name, the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, that these numbers would stop going up. And Lord, that death numbers would go down. And we pray that in Jesus' name. We pray particularly over North Carolina where we live, over our cities, over our counties. Lord, we're asking you that this would stop. But Lord, we do cry out for the whole nation, for the nations of the earth, that this thing would recede and die in Jesus' name. Coronavirus would die in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're praying for the healthcare workers that have gone in. Lord, that they're risking their lives, that you would cover them, Lord. You would give them all the tools that they need to combat this disease, Lord. We ask you today that they'd be comforted. They would not be fear, Lord, on them. They would go in with courage, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're also asking you, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, today, Lord, just for all those that are involved, our policemen, our firemen, our first responders, Lord, that you would just give them courage. You would give them safety. You would cover them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for all of those. Lord, I particularly know we have so many, Father, that are in our own congregation that have run in, Lord, to the places where other people are afraid to go. And, Lord, I want to also ask you today, to we just pray against fear, Lord, that fear would not prevail in our nation. Lord, we're asking you that we would have, uh, Lord, such courage in this time. Lord, that we know that we're sheltered by you. That's the word you've given me, Lord, that we are sheltered under the Almighty. And, Lord, we just proclaim that over all, Lord, the earth, that we are sheltered under the Almighty. And we just thank you that we have some place to go, Lord. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, more than that, I ask you that the gospel would prevail 
in the world now, that it would go forth like we've never seen it to go forth in Jesus' name. And also, I want to pray right now for anybody in our congregation that's sick as we held up that cup and we held up the bread. Lord, we are so confident that as children of God, that it is not our portion to be sick. And so right now, in Jesus' name, all of you that are at home sick and all that are watching, we just lay hands on you in the Spirit. And we say, by his stripes, we are healed. We were healed. It is the children's bread that we walk in perfect health. And I just release that to you right now, that health that comes only by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for that. And thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you're higher than all of these diseases that have tried to attach themselves to the body of Christ. And we say no more. We take authority over you. We cancel your commission over our body, over those who are watching. And we say your commission is ended. Disease is not the portion of the children of God. And we thank you today, Lord, for your healing touch. And we bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful prayer, and hello, everybody out there in, in the real world. Between us and you is the virtual world, but you're in the real world. We're in the real world. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk to you about the kingdom of God, uh, because that's the only thing that's not being shaken in this world right now, and it's the thing that we all possess and that God really uh, wants us to remind us. I'm going to read uh, out of Matthew 6. I'm going to read verse 30 through 34, but I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible uh, because it brings out some things that I think are just really amazing. So let, let's just read this. Lord, bless your word. Uh, starting in verse 30, it says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Isn't that beautiful? Take pride in you and do his best for you. What I am trying to do here is to get you to relax. That's really, really important. And to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who do not know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Isn't that really just a beautiful way to say this? I want to point out in verse uh, 33, it says, Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provision. That's how, what the message calls the kingdom. It defines it those three things. And so, you know, uh, that picture is like tea steeping. You pour the tea leaves into the hot water, and, and over a period of time, the tea and the water become one. And that's really what the picture is, is that, we, that that's what's happening in our life now. God is creating 
or something. He wants us to steep our life in the kingdom, steep our life in the king, and that we're going to become one. And once you steep tea, you can never go back and divide it out again. You can never extract it away from the water. It's the water and the tea are one. And that's really what uh, God wants us to understand right now, is that we're one with him. We are unified with him. And I believe one of the things that's, that really God's trying to, to do is, is I, we've been saying, when we say it every week, and we've been saying it every week for, for months, is there is a shift happening, or as we've said for a while, there's a shift coming. Now we're saying there's a shift happening. And we really are in the midst of a shift, and I, I don't really understand all that, but one thing I do believe with all my heart is that we are shifting from just being the body of Christ to becoming the bride of Christ. I thoroughly sense that, and that's, that's going to change us. That's going to change who we are. In, in one sense, I believe that God wants to give us a greater identity. He's re-identifying us. You know, uh, when you get married, when a couple gets married, there's, before they're married, they're obviously two people. When they get married, they're still, still two people, but they take on a new identity as a couple. We see them as a couple. We see them, you know, in... in you know, and we don't ever see them divided. We don't ever see them taken apart. And so I feel in my heart, that's one of the amazing thing that, things that God is doing right now and that he's going to be working. He's given us a revelation of what the, what the bride is and who the bride is. And we've been in an amazing preparation time. And I, I really believe part of what's happening in the world uh, although God didn't cause it and God's not angry and God, I don't feel any of that. I feel like everything's being shaken that can be shaken except the kingdom. But God is definitely using that, uh, that to realign us, to realign and bring us into a place that we've never been as a church. Where we go from just being the body, which is amazing, we'll never stop being that, to becoming the bride of Christ. And now the bride has some some benefits, you know, in my marriage and in any marriage, uh, you know, my wife can, Becky can, she can speak for me. Literally, you know, like if you go to the doctor, they ask you, uh, you know, they want to know who's the person to contact if something happens. You know, most people, if you're married, you put your spouse. That's the person. That's the person who can speak for me if, if I can't speak for myself. In my absence, Becky can speak for me. Um, she makes plans for me. I believe the Lord's going to teach us how to speak for him. I believe we're going to learn how to represent, represent Christ in the earth like we've never had. And I believe there's an anointing coming uh, on the bride of Christ that's going to be a little bit of a different anointing than what we've experienced in the past because it's going to come from, the bride's going to be releasing. It's going to come from a deeper place in the heart of the king. And so I believe, you know, this is part of what the kingdom of God is all about is to bring the king a bride and present this bride, a lovely bride, in the earth. Uh, and one of the uh, anointings that I believe that's going to really be powerful is, is uh, Ephesians 3.20, which says that God is able to do above and beyond what you ask or think. We're going to begin to see God do above and beyond what we've asked or think according to the power that works in us. There's a power of God. There's an anointing of God, the bridal anointing, the bride of Christ, that's going to operate in this above and beyond realm. And that, so now's the time for us to begin to engage the king 
and get to know the king on a deeper level. Amen? Um, in verse 31, uh, it says, Don't focus on getting. Relax and let him give you what he has for you. Uh, this is an interesting thing about the kingdom. The word kingdom uh, actually appears in the Bible 28 times. This, this is kind of fascinating. And if you go back to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, 1 through 8, many of you know this. There's a time and season for everything. There's a time to, to live. There's a time to die. There's a time to build. There's a time to tear down. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. And so on and so on and so on. There's 28 times mentioned in Ecclesiastes 3. So what that tells us, when, because there's 28 times the kingdom appears, is that there's no time, there's no place when God's kingdom is not available for you. That's, that's an amazing revelation. God wants us to know there's no time, even in this time, in this place, in this season, what's ha- no matter what's happening in your life, the kingdom of God is available to you. Also interesting is the word cross appears 28 times in the Bible. And what that means is that victory has been secured for you. His victory is secured, and no matter what time or season you're in in your life, you can be guaranteed by the, because of the cross that you can have victory. We can have victory over this time. We can come out of this time better. That's, that's really what these things are speaking. These are like some... Uh, mathematical, if you're a mathematical person, you get fascinated with some of this stuff in the Bible. Let me read uh, Romans 14, 17. This comes from the New Living Translation. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Goodness and peace and, and joy. Eating and drinking are things that we do from the outside in. Okay, so it's not a time to look outside. It's not a time to look around you. Don't put your focus there. As he said, you need to relax. You need to receive what God's giving. You need to begin to go within and tap in to the goodness of God. It's in you. The kingdom's in you. The goodness of God's in you. You don't have to look out there to find us. The peace of God is in you, and the joy of the Lord is in you. And so what, so what we really need to do, as, as uh, the Message Bible so really tells, sh- shares with us, is don't focus on getting. Relax, go within, and discover the kingdom of God that's already in you. And then you can begin to discover the goodness of God. And once we discover inside, then we can begin to recognize it out here. Then we can begin to see with different eyes. But if we're just looking out here, if we're just hearing from out here, all we're going to do is see and hear what everybody else is hearing, what the world's hearing. And they're hearing despair. They're hearing hopelessness. They're hearing fear. That is not for you and I. If we'll tap in to the goodness of the Lord in us, and we'll, if we'll tap into the kingdom within us, then we can begin to see it out here. We, then we can begin to recognize what God's doing in the world around us and be able, begin to cooperate with him. And, and we'll be able to relax now and not be so full of anxiety about tomorrow. So, you know, let's, let's, let's get on this thing. Let's don't focus on getting. Let's focus on receiving from the Lord. Uh, the other thing he says is in verse 34, he says, Stop worrying and give your attention to what God is doing. Stop worrying and give your attention to what God is doing. 
Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Okay, this is, we're talking about God initiative. He only, saw, he only did what he saw the Father doing. So we have to be really intentional in our thinking right now and really intentional about what's affecting our emotions right now. You know the old saying, you can't stop the birds from flying over. The birds are the, uh, the airwaves. The, bur- the birds are the media. The birds are your friends at work uh, or people who are concerned and full of anxiety. Those are the birds that are flying. But you can certainly stop them from nesting in your head. And that's the thing. Your thinking is very important because it's the gateway to your life. It's the gateway into your, your soul. And as a man thinketh in himself, in his heart, so he will be. And so what we need to do is be very intentional about how we think because our thoughts affect our emotions and our emotions affects our, affect our actions. It's a, it really is a time for discernment where we really need discernment. And we need to ask the Lord to give us insights to determine the choices and the decisions that we need to make right now because there are uh, choices and decisions. So we really need uh, discernment from the Lord to be able to make the right choices. And the, and the law of choices is this. You make your choices and your choices make you. You see, that's where God is really trying to get us to engage and have discernment and get our, our thinking cleared and begin to get, receive his thoughts, receive his discernment, and we can begin to make the right choices. We can begin to make decisions because I'll tell you something. I believe the future of the church, I believe the future is, is being determined to some part. Your future, your financial future, your, your future of your children, a lot of the decisions we're making right now will affect that. And so let's really ask the Lord, let's, let's get out of this worry mode and let's begin to focus on what God's initiating, what God is doing, and I think it'll make a difference. Um, let me read this scripture out of John 12. There's one thing in particular I feel that's really vital for us right now. It's John 12, verse 49 through 50, and this is coming from the New Living Translation. This is Jesus speaking. I don't speak on my own authority. Isn't that amazing? That's what Jesus said. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say, what to say, and how to say it. This is, this is very important. What to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. So one of the amazing things uh, that I feel that God really wants to do is he wants to entrust us with his voice. What the world needs more than anything else right now is people need to hear the voice of God. They don't need to hear our opinions. They don't need to hear any more politics. They don't, people don't, we, that's stuff being poured on us constantly. We're, we're a people that God is looking for. As I said earlier, Becky, my wife, can speak for me because she's my wife. And that's really what God wants to do. Just like Jesus did, he spoke what the Father told him to speak. I really feel like it's an initiative. You know, in the world, in the past few years, there's a new phenomenon happened. Uh, it's on, in, on social media, there's this thing called instant, Instagram Influencers. Uh, and, and these are people who um, have a, lots of people who follow them. 
and you know it's in all different aspects of life, you know, like fitness, there's these influencers in the fixed fitness world. Uh, there's people in the entertainment world. There's people even in the Christian world that have a broad audience out there and influencing the thinking of many people, many, many people. So first, let me, let me encourage you today. If, if you're a person who has influence, whether it's a small circle or a large circle, it really is a time. You know, to think about what kind of influence am I having? What kind of influence am I having on my children? What kind of influence am I having on my wife? What kind of influence am I having in, around my neighbors who I communicate with or in my work world? What kind of influence? You see, I think God is calling the church to begin to have influence. And I want to encourage you uh, to not sell out your influence for popularity. I, I really want to encourage you about that. Please, you know, let's, let's think about what we're doing. There's, it's easy to compromise when you are an influencer in some type of social media platform. It's, it's easy to compromise, to get likes. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters in the Lord, people of God, it's a time for us not to sell out for popularity. It's a time for us not to, to prom- promote ourselves really is a time for us to, to get the voice of the Father. Because when the chips get really down, the world is not going to flock to, to uh, people who have sold out the voice of God, who's, who've compromised to, to get people to like them, to get people to follow them. Am I talking to anybody? I hope I'm talking to someone out there. I hope, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. I hope you hear my heart. Every generation, every generation has been guilty of, of pursuing. Every generation has been guilty of trying to have something and, and be known. Today's generation has is, is gotten bigger, it's is grown. The, the generation before, under us, the millennial generation, you're no different than us, my generation. You just have a, a, a lot more tools and a lot more ways to reach people, which is, which is amazing. And so I encourage all of us really to think about um, how we're influencing people, and to begin to pursue this voice from heaven. Because I do believe, I, I really believe as time marches on, there are going to be more and more situations and circumstances that are going to happen in the earth that's going to, be, that's going to shake us to our course. And it's those people who can speak, and when, they're, when they open their mouth, people hear God talking, those are the people who are going to make the biggest difference. Those are the people who are able to bring calmness and bring a sense to the situation at hand. I hope you get this this morning because I really do believe God is seeking to give the body of Christ influence. I do believe we're going to see a shift in the influences in this world. I really believe that. And so I really encourage you today to become an influencer to become a Holy Spirit influence, become somebody who, who the Father can say, I can trust that person with my precious voice because they're going to speak what I want to say and how I want to say it. What I want to say and how I want to say it. I really encourage you to do that. But the other thing that, that uh, the Message Bible is, is God provision. God provision. Let's, let's focus on God's provision I do believe the Lord is going to meet all your everyday concerns. Um, it says um, in the NIV or New King James, it says the kingdom 
Uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That is in the context, the things, the context were, was all our human concerns. It was all the things that humanity needs to survive, to live, to, to function on this earth. And so the kingdom of God really is, there's a, there's a phrase in the, in the uh, um, you know, hotel uh, leisure industry called Club Med Style. It's all-inclusive. You know, like you could go on, a, go on vacation and um, like go to a resort somewhere and you have your room there, they have food there, they have excursions there. It's all, you buy, pay one price and you get it all. So you don't even have to leave the place if you don't want to. Everything's taken care of for you. Well, that's what, what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is like that. When we seek first the kingdom, when we place the kingdom first in our life, then all the things, all the other things in life needed your provision, your food, your finances, your, your job situation, all these things come with kingdom. They're part of the kingdom. It doesn't, it doesn't, Jesus doesn't encourage us to seek the kingdom first to get those things. He's saying if we'll seek the kingdom, those things will be included in the kingdom. Therefore, we don't have to put our focus and all our energy on trying to, to have those things. So God really does want to provide for you in this time uh, and I believe the key for us is to begin to shift our focus towards the kingdom and shift our heart towards the king. And as we do that, God is able to really make work things out for you and provide for you. I wanted to read this scripture um, out of Zechariah 9, 11. It says, this is, this is also from the New Living Translation. It says, because of the covenant... I made with you, sealed with blood, sealed with his blood. I will free your prisoners from death in a waterless dungeon. Waterless dungeon. Isn't that a a picture? That's financial drought. That's economic collapse. That's spiritual drought. And because of, of, of the blood covenant, because of what Christ has done for us, we can be freed from those things. You may be experiencing those things. You may be in an economic crisis, but you can be freed from those because of what Jesus Christ has already done. It says because of his covenant, God has made a covenant with you through Christ where he's made certain promises and certain things he would do. And if we would pursue his kingdom, those things will begin to come into alignment in your life and you can begin to trust him to do what he said he would do. And this is a time for the body of Christ to learn how to trust the Lord and take the word of the Lord on face value. And that God wants to free us from those places. I think there's a a grace being released right now to be able to maneuver and around this situation we're in and begin to understand what's happening. I think there's just a, a powerful grace. You know, one of the things I've shared recently is about holding things with open hands. That's such a, I want to mention it again, it's such an important thing for you and I to do is to hold everything with an open hand. I remember as a, as a, when I first got into pastoring, there was a friend of mine who's with the Lord now who's really an amazing Bible teacher, probably one of the best ever in my life. 
his name was Tom Bailey, and God bless his memory, but I remember he came, and uh, as when I first started pastoring, he came and visited with me, and he said, this is what he said to me. This is powerful. He said, Byron, I come to see you because I want to tell you something. He said, God has called you to be a David. And there's times in your life where God's going to come and check to make sure you're still a David. And then he began to relate the story when Absalom betrayed David and took the kingdom from him. And how, and, and how David conducted himself in that time. In other words, David didn't rise up and fight. David said, perhaps the Lord is doing this and let it all go. He just, in other words, David held everything with an open hand. And that's really what we, we need to learn that. Because if you begin to gr- grasp things now and you begin to grip things right now, you, what you do when you grip stuff, you, you choke the life out of it. You choke, the, and you don't, and, and see, God doesn't want, and God won't. He will not come and pry your hands open. He won't do it personally, but circumstances has a way of prying our hands open. And so, you, all of us are called to be Davids. David is one of our greatest examples. All of us have that calling to hold everything with open hands and not grip things. You know, uh, Paul in Ephesians says, walk circumspectly. Walks, in other words, it's a time to walk in wisdom, paying attention to where you're walking, having a focus. That's, that's really important at this time if we're going to really be able to have the provision of the king. Walk circumspectly. Uh, wisdom really is very important right now, and, and the Lord has promised us wisdom if we would ask him. There's another thing that I think is very important. Uh, most of you know... Um, and the story of Paul's shipwreck in Acts 27. Uh, that's an amazing story, and there's so much revelation that you can get out of that story when, when there's a storm brewing around you, when, there's a, when, when you find yourself in the middle of a storm. Or it, it could be the storm of your own making. It could be the storm of somebody else's making. It could be the storms of the world. So there's a lot to learn. But one of the things that happened during that uh, storm, uh, it, they were just stuck in this miserable storm for days on end and where the, it was just nothing but darkness and hard rain and wind. And they came to a point where they were feeling like they were going to die. And it says in verse 19 of Acts 27, they, t- they took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The ship's gear was, was the guidance system in the, in the ship. They were throwing things overboard to lighten the ship because they thought they were going to sink because it was going up and down on these huge waves. And so they threw away their guidance system. Well, for us, we have basically as believers two or three, most of the time three, guidance systems. The first one is the Word of God, the Scriptures. It is not a time for any of us to not have a, a life in the Word. So I want to encourage you if, you, if, if, if you've neglected that, don't throw that away. You, you desperately need the Word of the Lord right now. And I can tell you this, God is speaking powerfully through His Word right now. He really is. If you will get and just give Him a chance, He'll speak to you through His Word. Just ask Him. He, you know, there's an anointing on the Word of the Lord right now. Uh, that's one of our guidance. The other guidance is the Holy Spirit. 
you know. Walk in the Spirit is what the Bible says. And so we really need to continually cultivate that communion with the Holy Spirit and, and listen for His voice. Paying attention to Him, even when it doesn't make sense to, to obey. That's, that's really all He asks us. If you obey Him, you can walk right into the things He has for us. It's not a time to run ahead with your plans and just mindlessly pursue things, mindlessly react to things. If you do that, because that, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not how He operates. He wants us to not throw Him overboard right now. Let's allow Him to lead us. Let's allow Him to really guide us. And the other thing, uh, the, the third thing that we typically have is, uh, and let me just say this about the Holy Spirit. He can speak to you in many ways. This is not a teaching about that. You know, through dreams, through pr- prophecy, through, through whatever means. Just, if you'll just ask Him to speak and pay attention, you'll hear Him speaking. The other thing is godly counsel. Godly counsel. And I just really want to encourage you, if you feel like you need godly, there's, you've got people in your life, or you, you might know somebody that's trustworthy, that would tell you the truth. Don't forsake those people. Don't walk away. Don't isolate yourself and cut. Even though we may be stuck in homes and stuff, don't cut yourself off from the godly counsel of other believers and people that you know love you and would be there to speak into your life even though it may not be something pretty. But you know they can speak into your life because they really do love you and care about you. So I really want to encourage you those three things. Don't throw overboard, one, the Word of God. Don't throw overboard, two, the communion of the Holy Spirit. And do not throw overboard, three, is the godly people that God has already placed in your life. And if you happen to be listening and you don't have a godly person in your life, ask, ask the Lord to give you a godly person. Just ask Him. And here's the trick. Lots of times, godly people come in odd packages. They don't always show up the way we would like for them to show up. They don't always speak the way we would want them to speak. Some of the people who have the most profound uh, influence in my life were kind of odd people, peculiar people. They would never be the people I would have pursued naturally. But God put something in them for me, and he and they have totally impacted my life. And so I really want to encourage you about that. Don't, the Bible says, he who separates himself seeks his own. In other words, he's going after his own will, his own desires. Even though, again, we're, we're, we're having to physically separate, we don't have to emotionally separate. We don't have to spiritually separate. We really don't. There's, we have these amazing tools so, amen. I, one of the things that I heard uh, a quote by someone recently, his name, he's a prophetic man, uh, uh, Larry Randolph. This is, this is what Larry Randolph said about how important the scriptures are. He said, God does not care about your Facebook. Get out of Facebook and get your face in God's book. That's what Larry said. I just thought that was kind of funny. Get your face in God's book. Well, we could replace Facebook with many things. So, 
That's really the word I feel like God's given me. I want to pray for you now and ask the Lord to really speak to your heart. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you today for, for the worship time. We thank you for the ability to, to speak your word. Lord, we thank you for the thankfulness. Lord, we do believe you're taking care of us. Lord, I just pray for everybody who hears this. I ask you, Lord, to I pray that sword of the Spirit would just pierce hearts today in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I thank you for that. Let's just take a moment here and just uh, do what the message of the Bible says. Let's just relax for a moment. Just like disengage your mind a little bit here and just let the Holy Spirit do what he does. I just feel like he's like wanting to, it's like a spiritual massage where he begins to spiritually rub our hearts and let the tension begin to break off in you. And your emotions begin to drain. Let, just let him do that right now. I, I just feel like that's something he's doing right this moment. Mm, just, just receive that. All those things, worry, intention, anxiety, those things are meant, they're designed to keep us from receiving. He wants to help you break that off in your life right now. He wants to break the cycle of worry off in you. Where you're worrying about tomorrow and what's going to happen. You're worrying about your children. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about the future. Can I, will I have the money to live? He wants to break all that right now. Now's a moment to let him do that. And as he does that, God will begin over the next over today and tomorrow, next few days, you're going to begin to get revelation. You're going to begin to hear from Him in a real powerful way. And you're going to begin to see the hand of God move in your life. I really do think that God really wants to bring breakthrough for people. Mm, just let Him do that. And if you have some of those thoughts that have nested in your head, I just encourage you just... Just get them out of your head this morning. Just, one of the things I do is I renounce things. If I start thinking some bad stuff, anxious songs, I'll, be, I'll renounce. I'll say, I just renounce you of feelings of anxiety in my mind right now. I renounce you. You are not welcome. You see, you've got to begin to take authority. You have to take authority over what comes. And you, the devil doesn't try to climb the walls around you. He comes in the gate. There's a story uh, from is called the Trojan horse. Oh, we brought you a gift. Well, the gift of the Trojan horse is once they got inside the city, everybody went to sleep. They had a beautiful gift, a Trojan horse. The Trojan horse was full of, full of soldiers. And when they woke up the next morning, they were defeated. And that's what the devil does. And so we had to renounce that. We had to say, get out. You do not belong in my life. You, you, speak to your mountain. Speak to your situation. That's what Jesus said. Mark, speak to your mountain. Your mountain is going to listen to you better than they're going to listen to me or anybody else. You begin to speak to those things, and those things will begin to slowly break down in your life. I see that God, there's many people, I see that God, if you'll begin to speak to your situation, first of all, it'll stop talking to you. That's the one first thing I, I realize when I begin to practice this. My problems, my issues, my worries, my difficulties, when I begin to speak to them, all of a sudden they started shutting up. 
Because here's why they started shutting up because they were recognizing the authority that God was giving me over. Because God had given me authority over my situation. If you'll speak to them, they'll begin to be quiet, and then you can slowly but surely wear them down. You can begin to speak, and it's like you're just chopping their feet. It's just like right under. You're just taking the foundation out from under them, and it's going down, down, down. And over a period of time, what you'll see is you'll begin to have victory. You'll begin to see. Jesus spoke to the, to the fig tree. He spoke to it. And the next day, they saw it had withered up. Well, there was a time between where they actually saw what Jesus did to it by his speaking, there was this period of time, there was a night, there was a darkness. But tell you something, the moment he spoke, that thing died. That thing died. And when we begin to take authority like that, that stuff is going to die. It has to. It has no choice. So I just really want to encourage you today. It's a time, if we're going to become the bride of Christ, it's a time for us to tap into the victory of the cross. It's time for us to tap in to the power of the age to come, which is the kingdom of God. It's time for us to learn these things and do these things. And so you do that in your life. You begin to speak. If you have sickness, you begin to speak to that sickness. If you have cancer, if you have aches in your body, if you, you begin to speak to them, don't get discouraged if you don't see immediate results. Keep speaking, you'll begin to speak, see things because the more you speak, the more authority is going to come on you, the more power you're going to come. God's going to have a powerful church, and you're it. So God bless you. Uh, we'll be here next week, Lord willing. Uh, we are one of the... the uh, we're non-essential. We're, no, the houses of worship are essential. The governor has stated that. We can stay open as long as we keep the social distancing and the 10 people thing. So River Life is not closing. And so bless you. Amen.